seems like a thousand years ago. I fought my way out of that cave. Became Iron Man. Realized I loved you. I know I said no more surprises, but I was really hoping to pull off one last one. Moses! He's Moses up to the sun! Moses away! Hopping in support! Cover is coming! Moses is going to get there! The world has changed. None of us can go back. Moses to kick again. Look for Takarage! To another edition of the Parrot Podcast, and just before we do the names, I've got the boys in a circle. Oh, and we're no. about to, uh, oh, <laughs> we're about to, to start oh, jerking no. it. So be be ready for I an hour. Give, of, I did not give jerk. consent for this. 
<laughs> now, uh, first of all, our, our chief jerker, Birdie. Um, <laughs> the commander. Um, I'm just pay- I'm just here to turn up so I don't get fined. So, yeah, just here. <laughs> He's got the. Um, is, is it the Posca work in the back pocket? <laughs> <laughs> I smuggled that in, and uh, let's just say uh, Birdie left his mark. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when the eels are flying, they're electrifying. And 40. I've been polishing up on my Dutch rudder technique, so I'm good to go. <laughs> All right. Um, well, we'll start as we usually do with the juniors, and we'll, there's no real news this week uh, other than the same questions being asked. When will we re- re-sign um, the, the usual spus- suspects, Moses, BA, and um, Gutherson? Wednesday, 11 a.m. The yeah. legend goes on. <laughs> I thought it was 10.30 a.m. just to oh, break them all. <laughs> Daylight savings. And then jumping into the uh, the previews. But to start off, um, unfortunate uh, loss in the Tasha Gales uh, in the finals to the girls. Uh, Steelers 36 to the Eels 6. Um, going down in that game, we sort of flagged that given the Steelers finished on top in that competition. Um, but a great effort by the girls this season to go from where they were last year getting... Oh, I think they're their points differential at the end of the year was negative 500 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, to, to being, you know, one one game away from the grand final. Um, what a turnaround. Yeah. I mean, everyone huge. everyone in that program deserves a huge pat in the back. That is, uh, you know, like almost worse the first sort of stuff. So really well done. And then into a fantastic result, SG Ball, the Dogs 10, Eels 11, two tries to Russell. And it was um, Arthur who had the, the match-winning field goal, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. So what a result. Well, you were down there, Ham? Yeah, I was down there. Um, for the first half, they were just sort of defending a lot. It reminded me of our game against Canberra where they just the dogs had a lot of attack just and they just kept repelling them back and back. Um, it was only 6-0 at halftime. And uh, I was just thinking at halftime, if they come out with a bit of energy and everything, they've, they've got the dogs here. And then they came out with a bang, um, scoring two tries. I think in the after about ten minutes or five seven minutes after half time, um, they could have wrapped the game up, but uh, I can't remember who it was. But he tried to slam the ball down as he was slamming the ball down, just left it slipped out, and there the dog scored from dummy half and missed the goal. And uh, both teams were just so many errors. <laughs> <laughs> there was at one point there where um, Dave Hollis made a big twenty twenty five meter run. Uh, Caleb Toey backed it up with a fantastic offload to Tupolotu, and he dropped the ball, which gave <laughs> uh, the dogs about a minute and a half to get up the other side of the field. And on the third tackle, I'm going to say, they dropped the ball, and then uh, we picked it up. Dave Hollis ran another 25, 30 metres, which uh, set up Jake Arthur for a 40-metre field goal, which okay. was absolutely fantastic. The Dave boys Hollis kick goes all right, eh? Yeah, oh. I couldn't, so Moses, I couldn't believe it. Moses been teaching him everything he knows. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, and sorry, so they'll they'll come up against the Steelers this coming weekend. Um, what was was there anything that you could take away from that SG ball? Uh, sorry, from the game against the Dogs, or is it more of just a just managed to get over the top? Um, the Dogs always go get get up against Parramatta, so um, I don't think the Steelers game will be as physical. It won't be because the dogs are always a very big side too. I don't think it'll be as physical or as intense, um, but the Steelers have a lot more quality players, I think, especially in um, the outside backs and in the halves. But I feel like that we've got them in the forwards. So if um, Hollis Hughes, 
Um, Caleb Toey has another big game. Trey Mooney, if they can get a roll on. Um, do the Shoop and Penasini line up on the same side? I always forget. Or he'd be up against um, Sean Russell. I'm trying to think. He's a That's okay. We've, we've got some time to think about it before we get to yeah, the preview. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> give me, give me time. <laughs> I won't right. so much. I'll just be thinking, racking my brain about it. Okay, you just be yeah in yeah. in the circle at the back. Okay, um, <laughs> <laughs> Shield RM Cup. We both had buys. Uh, then in the flag, uh, Eels again going down ten to the Wests thirty six. Did anybody get out there for this one? They changed the the time and the venue. That's right. Yeah. So I know that it, it, it blew up Ham's plans to get out there. Yep. Made my morning all around it. And then they changed it even earlier. I didn't even realize that because I had band practice on Saturday morning and I was supposed to, I finished at one and then I had a look at uh, NSWL.com and the game had already been, had already been played. So. That's handy. Very yeah, helpful. No good. <laughs> yeah, great stuff there. The, the, the Jersey flag draw has been an absolute clusterfuck this year. Um, this yeah, is- they've changed it again for this week, so I'm so happy about that. Well, have they got the three grades together at Newcastle, or no. or has that changed since I looked at it this morning? No, that's changed since <laughs> you've looked at it this morning. Okay, well, well I thought we were going to get three grades together, but it looks uh, not to be the case. Yeah, um, no. So I'll let you fill me in when we get to the preview. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, all right, then into the um, Canterbury Cup. Uh the Magpies 20 to the Magpies 14. <laughs> but Wentworthville Magpies getting over the top of the West's Magpies. And what was a bit of a cracker game? I only caught the second half because um, I didn't get down there early enough. But but how did the rest of the game play out? Bevan French getting the first try at the new hallowed ground? Yes. And everyone, please remember that because I'm sick and tired of... Now, I love Mitch Moses. He's been fantastic this year. But Bevan French scored the first try at the new ground. That's it. Discussion. It's not even a discussion. It's that's it. Um, other than that, though, they did did pretty well. Just uh, I think they only dropped the ball about three times. So it was a good. Um, that's a good grinding day out for a, for our, one of our reserve grade teams. Um, yeah, I, w- I watched that. The end of the second half, it looked like a, a bit of there's some very hard hitting in defence, and um, the uh, sorry the the Wenty forced a fair few errors from Wests. And um, repelled a couple of uh, sets on their line, which was fantastic to see. Um, I'm pretty sure coming into the game, sorry, sorry about that. Uh, Coming into the game, West were fifth, I believe. So, um, yeah, they've gone pretty well this year. And Wenty improves the three and three off the back of that win. And I think their record is like not as it's not reflective of how they're playing. I think they've been probably better than three and three, considering the amount of. um, players that are being made unavailable due to CC injuries and then the first grade team drawing upon a fair bit of depth early on in the season. So I think Rip Taylor's done a pretty good job, um, you know, shuffling deck chairs and, and whatnot and, and getting all those guys up for the games. You sold, you sold a short. Uh, Western Suburbs were fourth coming into the game. Fourth, there you yeah, go. There you go. It's a pretty, pretty solid win then. And you're about to say something about Mitch Butfield, will you, Hamish? Oh, I just like his work. Yeah, I well, thought the, he, the he hits hard in defence and, and he's just everywhere. 164 metres, according to Stats Amazing on the New South Wales Week website. Uh, he played nearly 60 minutes, which is pretty good for any sort of prop. Um, he's been really sold this year, actually. He um, was sort of like just a guy in the, the jersey flag last year. Uh, like Not like he was a bad player or anything, but he's um, sort of kicked on pretty nicely. I don't know if he's ever going to be a first-grade guy, but he's not doing himself any harm at the moment, is he? He's playing good, solid footy. 
and um, he, yeah, he was he was mostly exclusively a bench forward yeah, ex- for, for exactly. the flag, so. And uh, and I think we raised it before. I think it was against the Bulldogs, was it? But his off the ball work is really good for a for a young prop. He's um constantly you know chasing guys around and, and getting pushing back for chip kicks and whatnot. So he's doing doing right for himself. I think. Um, did you say on Discord that you saw Ethan have a good game? Um, on, I said it at the ground. I don't know if I said it on on Discord, but Ethan, you know, he's he's a potential. I think we're talking about centers next year, um, depending on who we sign. But um, I think give give Parry the rest of the year in reserve grade, and he could well make that leap next year, depending on what happens. Of course, with Takarangi, Michael Jennings, and um, of course, uh, Jamin Salmon. And uh, absolutely, I think the sorry forty. Um, the best thing about Eth is he's taught, you know. Yes. Whenever they're in defence, you can all even if you're on the other side of the field, you can always hear East just shouting out, um, meet him up at the ten, uh, second tackle. You know, he just he's always communicating. So you can always hear him. So um, that's a big thing. Defending at centre is communication and how you work with your inside and outside players. And it was um revealed on uh, Monday that Kane Evans is the executive director of handshakes. At the uh, Parramatta Eels, <laughs> he's got a, much like the NFL players. He's got a, like a unique handshake for every single like staff and player in the team. So yeah, I thought I was watching the NBA. Yeah, <laughs> ridiculous, ridiculous. So he had a pretty good game on the on the numbers too. I, I didn't get out for that game, but I don't know how he looked on the field. But 161 meters from 68 minutes is pretty solid. Yeah, he'll still have a, a bit of a chore to knock out uh, yeah. Ray Stone and uh, Oregon yeah, Kafusi. I don't, I don't. Is he even named on the extended bench? I, I don't think. Uh, he, he is, I believe. Um, it's um, George yes. Jennings, Josh Hoffman, him, and uh, the T-1000's back. So we'll get to that later. Yep. All right. Then on to, okay, prepare the first grade preview uh, review. <laughs> Eels, 50- Eels 51, uh, West's Tigers 6. Um Let's get into that list of try scorers because there's a fair few. And then I'm going to let you guys go through and we'll do the um, the stats at the end. So Mitch Moses picking up the first try in first grade at um, the new stadium. Brad Takarangi picking up the second. Jennings had a double um, consecutive. So that's as Ham will get to um, an- another consecutive for Jennings. Uh, then Salmon. Kafusi, Reed Marnie, Makasivo, Sean Lane. So all those sort of junior and, and new players banging a try at the back end of it. Yeah, Good Stone, to see them Stone getting was around the only, it. only young guy to miss out, so poor poor bastard. <laughs> was was that Salmon's first? No, it was Oregon's first try. That was Oregon's first try. It was Salmon's, wasn't it? Um, was it Salmon's first? Let me, yeah. Let me, regularly, okay. let me regularly project this because I'll, I'll find out. I think it might be, yeah. And Moses, seven from nine off the boot and uh, snapping that, I think, was it 23 or 25 goals in a row? It ended at the 23rd. I think 25. Kicked, was it 25? 25 oh, there you go. Plus one field goal. Um, so halftime score 30 to 6, full time score 51 to 6, 21 unanswered points in the second half. And only a, um, I have to say, that was a very good kick from, um, uh, sorry, the Nugget. It, well, call it, him the Nugget. It, it missed, it's funny because it, it missed. <laughs> and it just took a wicked bounce on Reed. He just he had his hands there, but it just evaded him. It missed its intended target. It was meant to be for Corey Thompson, but it, it managed to get through him. And then it got it got past everyone. And then Ben Madalena was just in the area and said, thank you very much. So I'll just start. I, I thought at the beginning of the game, of course, we had two disallowed tries. I think they were marginally forward. So I'm not too worried about that officiating. Get him out. Get him out. Um, he's, he's a traitor. Get him out, guys. Yep. <laughs> but 
Um, I thought leading on from that, the Mitch Moses length of the field, Gutherson linking to him, that, that was a great way to, to, to start the proceedings. The, the um, roar of but the crowd I thought we was... were very frantic at the beginning of the game and I'm thinking, oh, crap, two errors straight away. Um, but then they seemed to really settle into the game and they just starved west of the ball the whole game. Yeah, I think definitely that first try, they, were just, they wanted to be the first to score. It didn't matter how it came, they just wanted to be the first score. Once they got it from there, the first half was very rare because we played very fast pace, and I saw that in the Tigers, especially late in the half when Sean Lane broke through. No one touched him. I but mean, te- technically, he, he touched. Two metres tall, he, he not touch him. He, technically, he touched um, Alex Twal when he, he shoved him to the ground for Big Don't Argue, but no one else got a hand on him. It was, that's uh, true. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, that that Lane try just typified the explosive pace, didn't it? Because they just they wanted nothing to do with what we, we, we were throwing at him, and it felt like we were just almost scoring at will. That 16-minute blitz was – it reminded me of that time we played the Tigers back when we were absolutely terrible. Was it 2013 when we, we posted – 2014, like, it always pops up the, on the, my The 31-30 uh, game where we, we posted 30, yeah, same. 30 points in like 13 minutes, whatever it was. And that was like that, except we actually smashed them, which was fantastic. That was Yeah, we didn't lose 31-30. to 30. <laughs> that, that was Jamin Salmon's first try, I believe, by the way. So that's pretty cool. It was a weird game for statistics because um, at halftime at the marvellous Bankwest Stadium that we call home, they showed um, the halftime sets. We both had 15 missed tackles each, yet we had eight line breaks. They had one. Yeah, they, so it they, just showed uh, our scramble defense. They had like half out errors. They had more offloads. They ended up with like uh, better missed tackles for like vast majority of the game. So it was like a really bizarre game statistically like that because we were dominating like the, the most important stat, the scoreboard. But yeah, um, it, it certainly was a, I don't know if it's the exception that proves the rule, but for all the um, completion rate uh, subscribers out there, it's much like the dogs game we played earlier where the opposition had a, a sensational um, completion rate percentage, but they got absolutely um, thrashed off the park. Well, as the, the saying goes, it doesn't matter if you've got all the ball, it only matters what you do with it. Exactly right. We did it all with the ball. Come on, we got plenty to talk about. I'm, well, come on, the, boys. Also, the thing is, is that there are 16 plays of energy can... yesterday just from jumping up nine times high fives, just yelling, screaming, yelling at the touch. I'm close enough to yell at the touch and for them to hear me. And because I know they can hear me, I can yell, yell, yell louder now. So, God. Yeah, I am you're probably hearing my voice still. I'm, I am <laughs> so drained of energy. I've watched the I'll game. I'm still on the emotional high. I've only had to, to watch the, the, the repeat uh, the, the first half on the train this morning because apparently every telephone network doesn't work in the afternoon and you can't get any data to to um, to stream it. Uh, but let's before we go back into the game, Bankwest Stadium, uh, what what a venue. I'll oh, tell you what, yeah. that's revolutionary. Um, and if you can get that $25,000 um, attendance, um, I know we had $29,000. Um, I think there were there were a couple empty seats, especially in like the general admission members sections. The, in the, 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 um, um, what's called the nosebleed is up the back behind the end goal. But, so it was... but yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. And I have to say, that's one of the best atmospheres I've seen at a rugby league venue, especially for a, a regular round fixture um, outside of Origin and, and Grand Final, or, or sorry, Final. That's probably the best uh, live sporting experience oh, I've had. It's right up there. I was watching the replay this morning, and the commentators actually compared it to a grand final atmosphere. It was just bumping, like before kickoff, right through. The crowd was just absolutely on fire, 
and we were talking about the Mitchell Moses try to, to kick off the proceedings. The if you go back and listen to the crowd, just like just start revving up once Guffo starts making that run, it's insane. Like they just the the reverberations of the crowd, you know, going wild is just off the charts. I tell you what, it, it's it's pretty close. It's not exactly the same, but that 2009 semi final against the Dogs, yeah, yeah, it just sort of had that feel of that energy, like. Yeah, is that energy every and this was even better because I'd say ninety percent of the crowd was Parramatta. Whereas that dog yeah, sound was like that 50, game was fifty fifty. Yeah. That's yeah. So yeah, I I definitely think you know atmosphere wise, and especially if the Eels keep on winning. Now, if we win um, this week against the Knights, spoiler alert, it should be close to the Knights against the Dragons. Um, you know, Dragons always they're always there with the opposition fans. So again, we could have twenty nine. Turn on even 30,000 people there, so that would be absolutely electric. Well, I'm bringing um, one of my mates as a uh, big Dragons fan, so I'll be uh, no, you you're not one of those people. Oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's great no. because cause it was fantastic. We're in, I think I was in year 11 in 2009 when they pumped us in that, that round 26 match, and the then I copped it all week match. about how we we're going to get towed up, we we're going to get <laughs> destroyed, and then uh, silent. On the return, ensuing the, week, the Jared um, when we yeah beat them in that that return match, um, but, but back to the game. Um, so I I didn't think he got shouted out enough, but I thought Penny Terrapo that that first twenty minutes he was on the field. He punched uh, holes through West Tigers and really laid that platform uh, for what came next. And I think we were uh, fortunate in Robbie Farah going off early. Not that you know I think it would have made a difference ultimately. But um, after that, the, the Tigers just looked runless in defence and we just punched holes straight back through the, the ruck. Uh, their A and B um, defenders at, at the ruck um, were just horrendous. There was no urgency. There was nothing. And then once sort of we got a sniff, everybody was up there trying to take that dummy half carry <laughs> and um, get an offload away um, because they're probably the easiest metres they're going to make this year. And um, I, I thought, you know, within that, the, the the players just really got on the back of it. And every single try, like, it, leading up to that game, the nerv- nervousness, the anticipation, and then you're sort of pinching yourself at halftime or up 30 to 6, and you think, oh, no, you know, we've been here before <laughs> and things have gone wrong. The but then you come out, oh, you know, seven minutes later and Oregon Kofusi goes through untouched. And you're thinking, yep, they're they're right on today, and it's something that a couple of uh, pundits have put forward, BA, and and also um, I saw Stirlo in his wrap up saying, you know, it's been a thing of the past where we haven't really got up for those big games, but the boys were really up to it. They didn't let the occasion get to them, and yeah, that as I said, it's one of the best sporting moments I'll ever have in my memory. Yeah. Well, you talk about um just going back right to the state. You said Penny Terrapo busting holes in the defensive line. Penny's always been that, you know, fast runner, gets right up into the defensive line, but then he just stops. Like, he hasn't got that leg drive to push through. Yesterday, yeah, it was yesterday. Um, <laughs> yeah, God, mate, I've lost all time. Like, I, It's a long weekend. You can be oh, yeah, it's true. And, yeah, he was just, you know, he'd hit the, he'd hit the line. He'd hit it hard, and he, was, he kept pushing. You know, you, you, you generally... Um, Attribute that to your Blake Ferguson, Tim Manor, uh, Junior Paulo. You don't really attribute it to Penny Terrapo. But he changed his game a little bit there, and it's a bit of evolution of Penny. Well, the growth in the Penny. Yeah, well, starting lock, that late change to take Tep off. And then, um, unfortunate, the loss of uh, 
Polar in the first hit up of the game. Oh. <laughs> Poor bloke. Um, we hope to see him back there in two weeks' time when we're taking on the Dragons. I tell um, you what, but, you, you know, swings and roundabouts here when a door when a door closes, a window opens. Junior Paulo, sixty-seven minutes, whole first half. That's that's serious minutes for a big bloke. In and I was, 70- I was, oh, sorry, go. F- I was going to say in the seventy-fourth minute, like the game's fifty-one, oh, no, fifty to six. And he chases Masters. Masters puts a fan on him. So he gets back up and he hits him again in the 74th minute. <laughs> that was, the the crowd like, went nuts. He did not that. give up. <laughs> and, and it also gave a, a window for, for the young bloke. Ray Stone was only thinking he was going to pay 10 minutes to the back of the, the, the game. But he certainly got a couple um, more minutes in the legs. And, of course, Oregon Kafusi coming up the and gun. getting his first um, try. And I know people that, you know, the – look at the stats, say, well, you know, his run meters weren't all that great, but the work he does in defense and the hard hitting, yeah. it sort of makes up for it. He's sort of like a Tep Maroa in that sort of mold where their defensive work often doesn't sort of get the plaudits <laughs> it deserves. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty high on Oregon. Uh, that I suppose that could be taken a different way in, in a in – a, oh, what's it called? A, a mar- One time I bought some Oregon <laughs> yeah, leaves exactly. thinking I was going to get high. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the good stuff. I, I think if I, anybody watched, um, <laughs> has anybody watched the Chris Lilly one on Netflix? No, I haven't. Oh, they've got like this 13 year old kid and he just cuts up weeds and then they try smoking it. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, going back to my terribly phrased, I'm pretty high in Oregon. I think he's got a pretty, pretty high ceiling for a young prop. And I think we're only just starting to see, you know, him scratch at his potential when he's looking real good. And I think you um you nailed it in saying that his work in defense is what's really catching you out because he's hitting hard and consistent. And uh, he's a good wrestler too. Yeah, exactly. Like he really is, gets him and just sort of that's usually a weakness in the their kids. back. And uh, three four like years old time. man strength. Yeah, yeah exactly. Three, <laughs> three four years time, you know, you're looking at he could be our best prop. And uh, pain who pain who exactly. <laughs> And um, Stoney did a good job coming off the bench. Another another strong worker in defense. He had a couple of really good shots and was working hard from marker, um, knocking off some doubles. Uh, he came actually came close to scoring the poor bastard. He um sort of nearly backed his way over the line at one point. That would have been um fantastic to hear him on Smoko, um blasting out of the um <laughs> the, the stadium speakers. Uh, but and yeah. so him, your stat for for Michael Jennings and his try score tallies. Oh well, I, I think I brought it up initially, but um. There you you you've um, improved it. So every time we've scored a point, at least a point, we've had someone scoring a two tries, a double in the same game. Three out of the five, Michael Jennings. So what a return to form! We've oh. we've, we've touched on it before, but last year that the final game against the Roosters, and um, obviously Jennings was a bit of a broken man in the sheds when he got sent to the bin. And he sort of, I think he was the most sin bin player in the last year or two. Quite a comfortable margin. Yeah, ret- return to form for Michael Jennings. You know, the old, he's a grey warrior now, but um, wow. Um, I, he's just involved in everything. And every line break, he was up there pushing up, even when the pass didn't get thrown. Him him and, um, and uh, Clint Gutherson sort of, you know, they're right up there for that. I, I was just about to say that backup play from Jenko because – you know, he's lightning quick, but, you know, he's sort of been accused of being was, a bit lazy in the past. But, yeah, for him to be getting up there looking for he was, um, right that there final for that, pass. He was right there for that opening try, by the way. He was yeah, like he was, yeah, he was back on the yeah the inside, but obviously <laughs> um, Moses had the the afterburners on with Reynolds <laughs> yeah, I mean, chasing uh, hard. Afterburners might be a bit of a strong word. <laughs> he got there, though. 
Well, well it was, it was quicker than Sivo when Sivo <laughs> made that break. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know. I like the theory that um, Sivo was playing clever football about that uh, escort penalty, but after that run, he didn't move off the spot for like 30 seconds. I think it was just gas badly. It, it definitely wasn't an escort. That was just a dive. Like uh, you're allowed to stand there and not move off your line. And um, Robert Jennings, was it Robert Jennings that went down on that? Yeah, he, he had a couple of dives now, um, um, yesterday. Speaking of sin bins, I think we need to have a discussion about precedents not being followed. Well, that's exactly right because the, the words from, so the first high tackle on Polar, and like I know it was only the first hit up of the game, but the arm went high, it's careless, he didn't even get charged. But, you know, in round one, Michael Jennings goes to the bin for 10 minutes and then misses a week for a careless high tackle. This game, you've had both um, Madison and then the play on Murata as well. Like, I, I, I know, I know he'd been, I know he'd been cut in half, and he's falling. But the onus is always on the defender, that was and no it defense. was a swinging arm to the head, and it's careless again, but doesn't even get you know reported. So um, obviously, it was round one; they had to make a stand, and then after that. Back to same old, same old. It's so frustrating because all you ask from these guys is consistency. If you're gonna, uh, if you, even if you don't like the Michael Jennings decision, as long as they consistently applied that precedent that they set in that day, you wouldn't be angry about it. But you know, fast forward a month later, and here we are, where the Parramatta Eels are getting done, done in by it on the other side, and not once but twice, and and they conferred to rule a dodgy penalty for the Tigers on, on Michael Jennings, where the they kicked out dead on the full, uh, running it down their left side. And was it Cheekham that took a dive? And no, it was Robert no, Jennings. Robert Jennings took a dive against his brother. Uh, yeah, against um, Guffo and his brother were over there. And it was just insane because it wasn't a penalty initially. They conferred. And while they were conferring, they had a chance to go to the video ref. And they somehow came back with the wrong decision. It just blew my mind. Yeah, you know, with that um, sin binning HIA decision, either you make it so every single time that a player go off for HIA on an illegal tackle – that the person making the illegal tackle has to be sent in the bin or none. Yeah. You can't have it. You can't have the refs going, oh, well, I think you'll come back or I don't think you'll come back because they're not doctors. That's, That's not right. their job to be looking at a player and going, oh, he's too concussed because they don't know. They don't know. And nobody knows until he's back in the, in the sheds getting that uh, assessment done. So, and you know, you look at Danny yesterday and you were going, oh, yeah, he, I think he'll be back. But he didn't turn back. You look at Murata. You know, he's just laying on the ground. You think, oh, he probably won't be back. And all of a sudden, he is. So, you know, you, you can't tell. And then you open up the grounds of that. If you don't know, do you, when, if the person um, doesn't come back from the head assessment, do you then stop the game and say, oh, hang on a sec, the person that did it is now sin binned? Yeah, that, that's like a compromise solution, isn't it? Like, well, he's failed the, the head, injury, head injury assessment. So, yeah, we're stopping the game. That player must now leave the field for 10 minutes. Yeah, so it's, it's all too grey. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, it's all, I personally, the way I'd like to see it done is um, increase bench size. I don't think increasing the bench um, size, but I liked your idea a couple of weeks ago, just having that that eighteenth man on the bench if something like that is to happen from a, from a case of foul play, and then they can be replaced. And I think that evens up, and you know, teams are going to get try get away with it and say, well, in the 50th minute, he's not going to come back from the HIA. But if every single team is is uh, rorting that rule, then who's really gaining an advantage? That's very true. Like, every team's offside this year because they're not blowing away heaps of penalties. So if both teams are offside, 
no teams are offside. But I have to say, to give the, the credit to the refs, I think we saw last week, and we saw it again this week with Perinara, and I can't remember who the other ref is um, in that Bulldogs game. They don't know how to control a, a 10 and uh, laying in the ruck. But this game was very quick. Um, and I thought, you know, the the ref sort of let that go where you had the advantage. They would they would play if it was a slow tackle. Uh, sorry, if it was laying around, it was usually because the attacker didn't gain the right to to get a quick um, play the ball away. And I thought that's that's a great, you know, people are starting to get on the refs' backs now, especially the Reddit forum who you know have a bit of a we told you so mentality. Um, but I, I, I thought it was a really good. Um, show on the weekend of how a game can be well officiated to the conditions and to both teams playing. And, you know, it's probably pretty biased for myself <laughs> uh, because <laughs> the Eels uh, took advantage of it. Um, but I thought that's definitely the, the way that they should be be ref to each occasion so that when a team is earning the right to play the ball quickly, they have they are able to. Um, and I, I thought the ruck control from the rest was, was very good. Well, yeah, again, I might be biased, but um, <laughs> I've only bit. been disappointed with one refereeing performance this year in one of our games, and, you know, that's drastically down on previous years, even in 2017 when we were when it, we were winning. And it's so, amazing how, um, how much it goes to show what getting a fair go or, or perceived fair go in a game can sort of change the impact or the flow of the game. Like you said, I don't feel like we've been refed out of games this year uh, heavily. I mean, my, my biggest... One. My biggest gripe was the forward pass call against Canberra, where I thought that game was turned on that, at, that, at that moment when we were, you know, going to go to length of the field to score after absorbing a lot of pressure. But I see it like this, right? In NRL, you've got the best teams, and then you've got the worst teams. Well, in the referees, you've got the best referees, and then you've got the shit referees like Perinara. Perinara is not in the same level of quality as Sutton, or whatever his name is. That's what I see. So, unfortunately, someone each week is going to get the shit referee, just like. You know, uh, it's just that's just the way it is. You, not every referee is the same level, like same call, like in terms of like um their their eye, like their attention to details and shit. Like Perinara is a next fucking stronger. He's, he's probably suffering from CT allegedly. I'm not saying he did, but I reckon you know just <laughs> he, he he's he didn't even play enough games to have CTE. But like you can tell, like Sutton, he like the one we had on Monday night, like the, month, the game, like he's a quality referee. He's refereeing World Cup finals. What's Perinara doing? Is in the bunker. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Whoever's got paranoia, you're going to have a shit game. All right. Well, let's jump into the stats now. So, oh, possession just, 59% just, just to quickly, the Eels. Just quickly. Can That's all right. Well, I'll still get you back into it, 40. Time in possession, 31 minutes to the Tigers, 21 minutes. Completion rate, 75% to us, 81% to the Tigers. At one point, they had 100% completion rate, and they were down like 24 nil. Um, so, completion <laughs> rates don't mean uh, too much, uh, as 40 touched on. Uh, all runs, we had 194. We outgained the Tigers by over 800 metres. Post-contact metres beat them by 200. I think Tim Manor had about half of those. <laughs> Line breaks, 10 to 1, and that's where the game was won. Tackle breaks, 27, Tigers 32. Average set distance, we only outgained them by about 2 metres. Um, and kick return metres, 269 to the West's 91. Average play the ball speed, 3.52 seconds to the West, 3.27. And then West won in the offloads. Um, then getting into one. kick metres, West's 497 to 434. We forced two line dropouts. Gosh, I tell you what, um, they should have given the ball to, to Reynolds on that fifth tackle, especially for the short kicks. That's something you touched on, Ham, in the in the lead up, but they seem to go to Brooks every every time and he just um he put about five of them dead. 
Well, I noticed um, that obviously our training sessions at the new stadium, if you're an opposition coach or staff or player listening to this, just block your ears for two seconds. The in goals are very quick. The ball, the ball just keeps rolling in them. They don't, it doesn't really sit up. In, in the field of play, it sort of pops up a little bit. But in the in goal, it was really rolling on. And I noticed Gutho, a lot of times, there was a time, he just gam- he took the gamble. And I think it's because we've, we've trained on them and he knows that those in goals run quick. So I reckon that's, that was a huge advantage to us. And as Bertie touched on, uh, missed tackles. West had 27, but we had 32, so five more, but still um, didn't make a difference at the end of the day. Uh, West made an extra 102 tackles. And then errors, Eels 13 to the West 8, and then penalties 2 to 6, West winning that battle, um, as in they gave away 6. And then head injury assessment, 6 total. So 5 for us, 1 for Wests. So... Um, that was a bit of a, a picture of the day. Robbie Farrow, apparently, I was reading, he, he passed yeah, his HIA, but just didn't come back out. Oh, it seems bizarre. Yeah, um, Maguire was on 360 afterwards saying that he passed, but... But the doctor would uh, not let him go back to the field. concussion protocol or something? As he had one earlier in the year or something, I don't know. He must have. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not too sure. I haven't really taken notice. But yeah, they just said the way they officiated or something like that he what they didn't allow he passed it but he wasn't allowed to go back onto the field and that certainly helped us like i know robbie farris he's a bit older and i don't want to take anything away from our performance but um he's probably been their best player this year oh when you're moving moses emboy who's i don't ever think he's ever played dummy half in first grade yeah he played a little bit of bulldogs not much a little bit it was like an emergency option for him you know you're losing a lot of experience here and a lot of talent in the so that definitely did help, but I'm not sure if it would have been 45 points worth of help. No, that's exactly right. All right, sorry, 40, before I rudely oh, interrupt. No, you didn't rudely interrupt me. I was the one that was rudely interrupting. I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to Josh Hoffman, who did a, a really tidy job uh, backing up for Blake Ferguson. And, you know, that's that's not, as Brave, as Brave put it so succinctly, he hasn't it's got big, big, big boots to fill. He's got massive boots to fill or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> classic Braveism. Um, you know, Blake was, you know, a very, very difficult guy to come in and try and replicate. And, you know, Hoffman wasn't incredible by any means, but he did a very good job, um, was very um, sound in defense, worked hard, um, rucking it out, you know, given his frame. And he provided one really, really good clearing kick out of dummy half. I don't know where it came from, but he just scooted out. and It came from his left boot, mate. Yeah, well, exactly. He got out and then nailed off his left boot. <laughs> Sorry. And then, then led the chase. So that was um pretty neat. Well, uh, yeah, when we sat down, you know, the, the the punters next to me, they were asking, oh, who's coming in for Ferguson? And I said, oh, well, it's Hoffman. And they said, oh, we want to see Greg. And I said, Hoffman will do, you know, if you put him in for a couple of games a season, he'll do a job. Exactly. And certainly he did better than a job. That's probably his best game um, for the Eels he, he's had so far. And he came in in round two and played centre and, and did a great job. Um, so from... From someone that was sort of pumped up as the Broncos' next big fullback, um, I know he certainly hasn't lived up to that, but he's a, a valid first grader, and um, I think he's a very great clubman. He seems to be a good bloke around the, the, the field, and especially when you've had those events with Parramatta, he's always sort of leading the um, shenanigans, I'll put it. <laughs> All right, did we have anything else to touch on? I think anybody shed some tears yesterday. I was, I, I was welling up when they, when they sort of ran onto the field. I could have. I definitely could have. I spe- oh, shout out to uh, Big D, Dennis Anderson. Oh, there's a video floating around. It's on um, Cam King's Twitter where 
he sees his name up on the dressing room sheds and he gets his hanky out and wipes the tears from his eyes. And, you know, it just goes to show, you know, not, not only how much it means to him, but how much everyone else, like how much he means to everyone else at the club. Like, because Cam King only spent three seasons here. He's posting on Twitter from England about him. Um, all the boys, a couple of the young guys have posted about him. Um, so, yeah, just great work for Parramatta on recognising one of the one of the guys behind the scenes that has done so much for the club. And um, we wish him well. Uh, he's had a bit of ill health at the moment, but, uh, yeah, we hope he can come back from that. And he was certainly there on... On Monday, didn't let that get in the way of being there for the first uh, game at Param- uh, Parramatta Stadium. I, I won't. <laughs> I got that exactly right. This ain't this ain't your jungle, Wes. No. <laughs> but also, there was a story of him um, apparently messaged Brad Arthur when he heard that the SG Ball won their game on the weekend, eleven ten, to say congratulations to young Jake kicking the field goal. So, you know, it just the club means so much to him. And as he said in his game in um interview with him blue and gold runs through his veins all right well i think that'll wrap up the first grade uh review sorry that's just my as um our our, our um, <laughs> number one para podcast fan that's my um battery backup battery box for my nbn that i've been meaning to change the battery for for like 18 months and i will get around to it <laughs> mark it down 38 minutes in <laughs> <laughs> um all right so there's not much news um did anybody have anything that came up in the news? Apparently, Crawley was on 360 tonight, being a pest. There was there was um, talks today that the Eels will potentially expedite the Brad Arthur situation and move from that June, like uh, not deadline, but window where they were going to look at reviewing, resigning him. And if we keep winning, they'll bring it forwards, which I imagine well, would be beneficial I, to I, other resigners. I, I read. I read. Um, oh, sorry, didn't read. I um, watched on. Um, Sterlo's rap today that's posted on YouTube, and you know he, he made a very good point that if we rush and re-sign these players and the coach, and let's say, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but let's say we're, we're four weeks down the track and we've lost the next four games, the media is going to be into us. Why the hell did we rush? <laughs> they will turn on us. And for yes. the last yep. the last month, they've been on our case about why the classic, hell aren't you re-signing these players. Classic poppy stuff. That's right. They will they will tear the, us down as much as they try to build up that narrative that we should be rushing to re-sign these guys. So let these things take their course. I think most of the... The Eels faithful, happy to let it run its course. We're hopeful that we'll sign, you know, both, well, even Moses now. I tell you what, we've, we've turned yeah. a corner on, <laughs> on, on him. A couple of wins, what can I do for the the fan base? Um, but obviously Gutherson and BA, and we've touched on it before, BA, I know a lot of other teams don't rate him, but I tell you what, he's dealt with the most of just about any NRL coach um, has had to deal with in his time in first grade and um, still coming out the other side and still getting results um, now. And I think, um, as we've touched on before, you can put 2018 down to an anomaly um, and, and go from there. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, they've said they're going to bring it forward earlier, but we're at the end of April here. So there's only sort of four or five games before they were going to officially look at it and everything so no it's it's not that far forward you know it's only a month extra a month before them what they were thinking of doing it so you know and i've said it before that it's not just a head coach anymore that does everything it's not your it's not your days of um jack gibson 
or uh, well, Jack Gibson did have his offsider. We <laughs> did this very true. We um, but you know, in those days where you could have oh, a captain nice. coach, it was just one person. Everything. It's a whole team. It's a whole staff of people doing everything. And you know, if you you have the head coach to bring in a philosophy and the way you want to play, but it's your defensive coach, your wrestling coach, attacking coach, strength and conditioning, um, all different specialized roles. You've got to have those that whole team. You can't skimp on anything and we saw when we did that we ended up last so it just goes to show that uh, a good strong regime is what's needed in the in the nrl today having said that i think that's what came out of the review last year and you're like well why did you spend six weeks eight weeks on a full internal review leaving no stone unturned to then say oh wait a minute now that we've had we've strung a couple of good wins together, we're sitting four and two. We should throw all of the findings out of the window and and do what we've done in the past. And yeah. um, I think the club will just stand strong on that, and we'll just wait and see. But I think we're all hopeful at the moment that those players will be re-signed, and I think the ones that are deserving of a contract will get that done. But we're going to run to our well, what 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 do they say? Um, uh, Ever Eden. Um, we're going to run to the beat of our own drum. I thought you were going to say run to paradise. <laughs> All right. Junior rep previews. <laughs> SQ Ball, Steelers and Eels, 11.30am, 27 of April, 2019, taking place at Birdie's, Birdie's hometown, Seatown. Say what? <laughs> <laughs> you uh, love your Seatown, don't you? No. Screw it. <laughs> no. Sorry. Well, that that isn't even. Sorry, Jared Haynes home. This is so. My poor house. West Tigers. They they get flogged at West Bank. Hayne uh, owns Sea Town. What have they got? They got shitty shitty Leichhardt <laughs> with their overfilled troughs and no parking. They well, can have too, There wasn't too much parking at Parramatta. I'm glad that I caught the train in. <laughs> Birdie, how long did it take you to get out of the? Listen here. When life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. So, you know what? I watched Game of Thrones while I was in the car park. So, yeah, the shining light to that. Which one did you park at? Did you park near the church there? Because they shut down the streets around the stadium now, so you can uh, walk. I parked in the Leafs Club. I got there a bit early. And had to How was getting out of the Leafs Club? I listened to Ham, but the wrong Ham. I listened to Ham about paying something $8 at the shops, but should have took the bus. Bertie, how was getting out of the Leafs Club, by the way? Sorry, what? How was getting out of the Leafs Club after the game? Shit fight! I, yeah, I, I spent forty five minutes yeah, I thought, in the I car thought, watching yeah. the Game of Thrones before I could move. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's because they're shutting down the streets around the stadium yeah. now, which I think yeah. for, for the punters okay. that like to catch the the train, that's great. And it's a great atmosphere coming out of a win, and you've got <laughs> not only the sidewalks but the whole streets to walk on until you get to Parramatta Park. I tell you what, it's um, it was pumping with Milky Lane, and I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Sorry, boys, Kanafe, Nafe. The, stri- oh, yeah. uh, the food trucks with um, yeah. the music pumping, DJs going, great atmosphere. There was even a brass band when we got um, up to oh, the yeah. to the Parramatta River, and they were playing um, the 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 winning song. It was fantastic. There you go. <laughs> um, all right, so sorry. Uh, SG Ball preview: Steelers on the Eels, eleven thirty a.m., twenty seventh of April, twenty nineteen, at Campbelltown. So, how do we see this going? Got to play it through the middle. Because when I saw the Steelers, I think it was round two, down in Wollongong this year, that's where we really took it to them. A um, lot of effort areas around the ruck, uh, big Hollis Hughes, you know, really dominating. Uh, Hughes was back to his best um, last week, and that significantly helped um, Dave Hollis 
run the ball a lot more. Hughes just smashes them in defense. Both are they're the twin towers. Like, sorry to be insensitive, but they are. They're, they're nearly two meters tall. The both of them, both would weigh a hundred, hundred and five kilos each. They're big, big boys. Um, so yeah, if they if they're on song, we'll go a long way to winning this. And also, Aaron Shop will be up against um, Sean Russell because Shop plays on the right, there and so does Penasini. So yeah, we are. He's had time to think about it, and he has uh, come up trumps. So the, in the, the round two fixture, which are exactly right, the Eels coming up 28 to 20 victors in that match. Um, so hopefully a repeat of that same performance. Yeah, if I remember correctly, the Steelers were fast finishing that one, but Parramatta um, had scored a few early tries. Uh, no, Steelers got up, so they were up at half times. Oh. They scored 16, 21, 31, and we scored in the 12th minute. So halftime score was 16-6 to the Steelers. And we came over the top on the way home. There you go. So, um, yeah. Just two doubles that. in that match. There you, you like your doubles. Penasini <laughs> and Tui got a double. You, oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, and Hughes got the first try for the for the Eels. See, I'm just looking at that team. Excuse me. Sorry. So, you know, there's been a few changes in that team, Sam. Oh, no. Sam Lewis is still on the wing. On the wing. Um, is Comalafi back this week? No, he's injured. Still injured. Bugger. He was down at the game on the weekend. Um, good to see him down there with a few of the other boys. Yeah, Tavita Mass, Tyler Fields moved back in the halves. Um, yeah, it's just it's a it's a different team at the moment. So um, I'm not sure how they go against the Steelers because they're a very very strong team. The Steelers, um, a lot of talent in that back line is just they're very quick, very fast. So it'll be a tough one for the boys if they turn up with the right attitude. Um, I think they can win this one, but I'm not sure if they will. It's also worth pointing out that it's a one, two, three, four, final four in the SG ball. So the ladder played out as expected. Uh, Seagulls and Roosters in the other match. I think these four have been the best, you know, not just going on ladder positions because sometimes, you know, there could be a few, a loss early on that mm-hmm. doesn't, especially in only a nine round competition. But from what I've seen, you know, it's been a huge effort from, um, especially the Central Coast Roosters. They're usually a bottom eight team, so you know a really good season for them to come at um, the top yeah. four. And I think it'll be a close one. And I, th- I think whoever, I don't, I don't, to, to be honest, I don't think it's going to matter between who wins between the uh, Steelers and the Eels. I think mainly that attend to beat for sure. Sadly. Yeah. All right. Sorry, you just dropped out there for a sec. Forty. Talking. Um. Shield and RM Cup in the Shield. It'll be the Rams taking on the Owls at 3 p.m. on the 28th of April 2019. Um, unfortunately, that's now before first grade, so it doesn't look like we'll be able to get out there. And then another Magpies against Magpies fixture in the RM Cup. There you uh, go, being the Ask with oh. the Magpies. <laughs> well, you got to remember, we, 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 we wear the black shirts, so... <laughs> oh, yeah, I just put Bevan French, too, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> no, it's RM Cup. You, come oh, sorry, on. I look, for, I look for Bo Henry. Exactly. <laughs> Amish is boy. And Jack Morris. Oh, wait, is he still at the boys? No, no he's, he's gone. Now. I give up. Just make them more Parramatta. Make Parramatta great again. Um, Asquith Magpies taking on Wentworthville. Um at 3 p.m. on April again. So 
uh, the Shield and R- RM Cup playing at the same time, which unfortunately is now before first grade, so nobody's going to be able to get out there. Um, Ham, can you tell me when the flag are playing? <laughs> because on my, my run sheet, which I did this morning, it's 12pm at uh, Newcastle Stadium on Sunday, but that's changed now. No, it's now, well, at the time of recording, at the time of recording, it is on Saturday the 27th of April, 1pm at Dudley Oval, which is, um, people up in Newcastle will probably know where Dudley is. Um, if you're not from Newcastle, it's, it's, it's sort of half an hour south. And then into the um, Canterbury Cup Knights taking on Wentworthville at 1.50pm on the 28th of April, which, to my knowledge, will still be the curtain raiser um, unless things change. And with uh, yeah, New South Wales RL, you just never know. Um, but coming into the round, um, let's see what the Knights usually do all right in the Canterbury, Canterbury Cup. Wentworthville with three wins three losses, Knights with two wins and four losses. Um, So coming into the round with a one better record um, and the Knights are currently two from two at home whilst Wentworthville are one from two away from home. So um, hoping on a good score, but the Knights are negative 48 in the points differential while Wentworthville are 13 plus. French did play fullback on the, the weekend, didn't he? Gulagong, unfortunately, picking up a, a, an injury. He'd been really good for that team, I have to say, on the wing. Well, Dunster, of course, a graduate from the flag as well, um, and somebody we sort of tipped. I, I thought last year we probably had Dunster ahead of Parry, but Parry's come come forward in le- leaps and bounds. Yeah, I think um, both have had... Well, he's had that injury to his leg, which sort of put him back 12 months, and then um, Hayes had a, an elbow injury in that... Uh, Penrith, Penrith trial, so that's put him back um, sort of six weeks, uh, no, not six weeks, four weeks, I think he was injured with um, a couple of weeks playing flag, so yeah, he's just coming back into it, uh, you know, both fantastic boys will work work hard to make sure that they're rucking the ball out well and doing there, so yeah. And you'll be happy to know Reese Davies' picture is still of the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nathan Davis. Not even the same last name. <laughs> All right. Reese Davies actually he had a really good game on the weekend, and I think um, I've seen him in a couple of promotional um, things with Parramatta uh, shirt on. So I think he might be one to be signed next year for our uh, reserve grade team. Yeah, I, th- I think Bar- you know. I think there is something that um, you can give them a contract if they're not top thirty. I don't think it's de- de- it could be it could be on a development deal because D six is no, it's not because um, Darren Nichols was on it last year for the Dragons. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm thinking might be in the development squad this year. Um, so good on him, sort of, he come, come to us from the Sharks jersey flag where he was a really strong defender. Um, and he's really kicked on this year. He's just, yeah, he's just seems like a good guy. He's a top bloke. That's it. I'd like to have a beer with him. All right, into first grade, 4.05pm. The uh, Knights taking on the Eels. Uh 
this is a, a danger game, as, as I think we're about to get into. The Knights on the back of five losses, very close to being six, but for an Edric Lee intercept in the final moments of the Sharks game. I saw Paul Gallon giving um the... And yeah, there's a bit of a bit of press in this week about party culture at Knights. There's, there's been rumours of off-field incidents to... Uh, high-profile players in Newcastle in the off-season, which hasn't materialised um, in charges. but um, and, and, of course, Brown under a bit of pressure. Paul Gallen coming out on, um, is it 100% footy on Channel 9 on Monday and, and giving them a spray. So everything's pointing to an under-siege Newcastle team. Um, but first of all, we'll get to that and um, we'll, we'll, we'll run through the, uh, the team lists. Uh, Eels... Almost unchanged, but for Blake Ferguson returning at wing, Clint Gutherson at fullback, Makasivo on the other wing, Michael Jennings, Brad Takarangi in the centres, Jamin Salmon, Mitch Moses in the halves, then the forwards, Dan Alvaro back, uh, provided he can um, pass the the um, headers yet yeah, HAI. IA protocols can't talk, can't speak, can't speak. Um, <laughs> you mate? How, how deep are you now? I finished it. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! Oh, sorry. Um, no, mute that, please. Well, I think um, my 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 new work colleagues are a bit taken aback when we went to drinks last Thursday night. Um, I was buying them two at a time, and everybody was sort of sitting waiting for for happy hour. So, why go up to the bar twice? Um, <laughs> in the forwards, Dan Alvaro, Junior Paulo, Hooker, Reed, Marnie, second row, Sean Lane, Murata, Nekore, mm. and Lock is Tep Maroa. Mm. Then the interchange bench: Penny Terrapo, Tim Manor, Oregon Kafusi, and Ray Stone. Mm. Then in the Extended bench, Manu Ma'u rocking the fro, Kane Evans, Josh Hoffman and George Jennings back from suspension. Uh, then into the Newcastle Knights, unchanged from last week, Kalen Ponger at fullback. The wings, Edric Lee and Sean Kenny Dowell in the halves, Heimel Hunt and Jesse Ramian, Connor Watson, Mitchell Pearce in the halves. Then in the forwards, David Clemmer and James Gavet, Danny Levi at hooker. Then the second row is Lachlan Fitzgibbon, Mitch Barnett, and Tim Glasby. Interchange bench is Jamie Bura, Herman Assisi, and Daniel Saifidi and Josh King. Extended bench, Mason Lino, Tautau Moga, Siona Metalia, and Pasami Salo. So Assisi, I'm wrong. Oh, I apologize if I got that wrong. I, some pronounce it S-E-S-E, but I've heard it pronounced Assisi, so I'm, I, I don't know where to fall on that one. I, I tried it. <laughs> All right, so so I've heard those groans to begin. It's it's the danger game, isn't it? All right, and just sorry, just before is it we get Old to that, Blue's day? I'm not sure, but match officials Grant oh. Atkins, Chris Butler. Um, so I think we're in for a pretty good shake with the with the the referees, both of them. So I think last last time we beat the Knights up at Newcastle was that 2016 on the back of a. Um, a freak Bevan French try-saver on the full-time whistle. That would be it. Um, but unfortunately, last year... Was it last year or was it 2017? It was, yeah, it was the last game of 2017 where we thought we were home and hosed and they came out and um, gave us a bit of a lesson. I think we've all just blocked out last year. <laughs> it's no longer <laughs> in the memory banks. <laughs> so... Um, Obviously, the Newcastle Knights coming off a, a bit of a shellacking against the Titans. They've had four ga- home games to start the season, um, going down in everyone. But what, what, did they have five home games, or is this their fifth home game? No, 
their seventh. Wait, no. It's their seventh game. No, 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 it's their seventh game. Yeah, so it's yeah, so it's their fifth home game because they had five in seven. We we, had, we, we, we haven't had chat. him on for a while. Um, so anyway, let's let's get to it. So McDonald Jones Stadium, um, it's got a, it's got a nice incline on the stands, but not quite quite at Parramatta Stadium. <laughs> It's just every you just got to compare every single stadium to ours now. It's just well, shit. I tell you what, yeah, like Birdie, I think you were <laughs> which 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 stamp were you in thirty seven or thirty eight, Bay? Yeah, me? yeah, you Birdie. Oh, um, uh, two two twenty eight. Oh, two twenty eight. Sorry, I've got that wrong. Yes, yeah, so I think gate D go up. Yeah, I think I was two twenty seven, so I was just above you. I could have, you know. Spat and I would have would have landed on you. <laughs> Not that I would ever do that to a birdie. Yeah, you, you you met a fan fan at the the game that spotted you out there, birdie. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was gonna save it for the um, the plugs, but yeah, met a met a fans. Bit surreal moment, but yeah, pretty good. Ah, uh, Darren. You know, it's funny. So the first thirty minutes, he was calling me by my name, and then once I told him who I was, he's like, he said, "Call me Birdie." So every time he kept saying Birdie, I'm just sitting there like, who's Birdie? Because you know, I don't get called Birdie in real life. So I, it clicked, oh, I'm Birdie. So that's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's just like... Dazza, Dazza. No, no, Daz. Keep listening, Daz. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thank you to everyone who listens to our podcast. Like, seriously, I don't think we give them enough credit. You have to suffer through this. You're doing pretty well. Credit to the boys. All right, so let's get back to Danger Game. Um... I, I just I I don't like it. So that's the real test to come off the back the back of a. I don't like it. <laughs> Pauline pants down. <laughs> to come off like a, a game like that, fifty-one, and and we we spoke about it last week. Maybe the boys were looking ahead to to um to the Easter Monday clash, and they didn't have their eyes set on the the Raiders game, where they of course didn't score a point. And I think this again, we've we've really got on that high, but we've got to remember that. Scores back to nil all. We're going to start. There's a whole another 80 minutes before us, and wins don't just come like they did last weekend. Usually, it's a tussle. It's hard fought through the middle, and they're going to have to really be up for this game because it's it just it's got all those signs of a danger game against Newcastle under pressure in the press. Everybody's at them. Their coaches probably hang on by. Well, <laughs> the phrase that my stepdad uses by the ball hair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just have to see how it turns out. Yeah. Um, well, I think, you know, you said that the scores are nil all. I, I liked what I heard from Brad post-game, I think it was on 360, where he said, we've got to look at the first 10 minutes of what we did. Now, that's that's a coach that's gone, you know, just takes all the emotion out of it. Um it's just like, obviously let the boys celebrate a huge win because you have to. You have to let them enjoy the big moments. You can't... And you can't Marley's suck, 21st. You can't suck all the emotion out of all that. So you've got to let them enjoy it. But come today, they would have done their video today. Um, he would have gone, look, guys, got to take all the emotion out of it now. Got to get back into it. Yes, Newcastle. We don't even talk about Newcastle. You just talk about yourself. All that. Got to get back into it. Um, got to recover properly. We've got to go up there with the exact same mindset as we did against the Tigers. We didn't try and overplay our hand. Um, you know, we just we saw when we when there was a gap, we played to it. Um, I think that's always been Brad's sort of um, mission statement: is that you know you got to work hard, and then eventually those gaps will appear. Um, 
with a team like Newcastle. Or when she come up with Willie Tonga. No, from the from the other the other podcast that shall not be named. The one that's done one podcast. Um, so 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 in any event, Night Seals, what what's our final thoughts? Ready for game day. If Fergo plays, I will be ecstatic, and I think we yeah, as you said to sixties in that first fifteen minutes, um, I think our bench might be a bit stronger because they've got Jamie Bura on their bench. I just had a look. No, no offense to Jamie. Good, he seems like a good guy, but if he's, if he's on your bench, you're struggling a little bit there. Play all positions, and he, you have to have him. At Having said that, I don't think I don't think they mind as long as they're in the team at the moment. Um, that's seventeen, and even in the extended squad, the the camaraderie around the group at the moment is is next level. As long and as you're playing at Bank West, at Paris Stadium, I think they'll be pretty happy. Get jump into those baths after the after the game, get in the shower with all the other boys. <laughs> <laughs> and just back on to the Newcastle game, we won't want to be as loose as we were in that last ten minutes. I think we we tried just about every sort of yeah. uh, trick play in the book. <laughs> um, the so, flicker, that's what we need. <laughs> I've well, I, I saw a tunnel ball. There was a couple of tunnel balls going on on the weekend, so. Uh, we'll see how they go. Um, all right. Well, I think that'll just about wrap us up. We th- we thank Sixties for his contribution at very 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 uh, late. Excuse learners. me. What about what about the um? Oh, that's exactly right. I- I'm glad we got Ham here. You know, Hamish has had a dig at hosting this podcast. Forty's had a dig at hosting this podcast. Maybe it's up to Ham to to keep us all on the straight and narrow going forward. Don't think so. <laughs> all right. So. Birdie, your prediction. Um, so yeah, last week I said forty-six to six. It's Pretty close. Here, but, Sorry, uh, can, this, I, can I just this... butt in for a sec? How do you remember your predictions? Well, I don't even remember what I said last week. I've got no clue. Here. When I say something and it comes true, I'm going to make sure the world knows about it. You know, so. <laughs> we got Birdie Nostradamus over here. He picked <laughs> he picked the uh, amount of debutants last year. That's right. Yeah, did too. I say enough, I talk a lot of shit and. Surely, surely when one you no know, sticks, I'm gonna let everyone know. So. <laughs> um, prediction. Um, I'm thinking ooh, twenty-eight to six. It's gonna be a scrappy game. First twenty minutes, they're gonna be fired up because they've been smashed in the media, and they're gonna respond. You know, and um, but our our class will kick in, and you know, our, our youngsters will bring that energy and enthusiasm, and we'll run away with it in the second half. So. Praying for good weather because when it's a wet weather football, it's just a shit game. And yeah, first try scorer Murata going. He's going to run over Mitchell Pearce, and yeah, that's it. Um, he has to jump in the other side of the double. field. Is he? Oh, okay. Well, he's going to run sixty meters to run. Over him. <laughs> he's um, going to run, going to run the uh, outside in line straight across the field. Do the Petty Terrapo um, <laughs> um, He's going to score a double, I reckon. He will. So, he's got the double this one. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's got the double this week, so um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the game, but uh, we just got to shut down Clemmer, and it'll be a good match, Junior v Clems, but um, yeah, we should win. And forty. Break the hoodoo. Um, 
Jeez. Uh, 26 to four. First Eels try scorer, Blake Fergie Ferguson. He's going to bust straight through the middle, a la Mitch Moses on the um, 20 metre tap. And put me down, so Bertie, just on the weather, we've got max of 24 degrees, sunny, light winds becoming westerly at 15 to 20 kilometres an hour during the morning, so no chance of rain, looking good. Tim Bailey better watch out, mate, you're going to be on the channel 7. Drips and drops across rooftops and crops. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In any event, I've got us down for a very close one, Eels 18, Newcastle 16, um, and I'm on 40s train, Makasivo, for first try scorer. So that'll make you throw up. They are the most <laughs> painful thing. Oh, yeah. All right, well, that'll wrap us up for, for um, what are we up to? Episode 57 of the Parrot Podcast. Jeez. And, um, I suppose when you have one a week, it, it goes pretty quick. Well, at, at last year we were having two a week because we were having the preview and the review, but now we've That's just right. set it down to one. And, of course, we had the World Cup, so we sort of yeah, had I'll tell you plenty. What, if I spent this much time learning a language or something, oh, God, God, no French by now. Parlez-vous français? Mm, oui, oui. Oui, oui. <laughs> <laughs> Comment ça va? All right. Well, cheers, boys. And hopefully we're <laughs> back here next week cheering on another Eels win and putting us to 5-2 and two with the Dragons to come. And that'll be the revenge game against Corey Norms. Oh, just before we go, I actually saw a stat. I have a stat. You ready for this? Day, ga- day games. I forgot to bring it up before. Day games. Parramatta haven't lost one this year with 3-0. and oh. Good stats. Good stats. And New- Newcastle played one in the, in the day and lost. Would have been alright, but no, they haven't won it. They've, they've only played one game in the day and they've lost it. So, and sorry, yeah, boys, that's... I missed the plugs. Birdie, you're at Twitter, Owen. <laughs> um, uh, Bevan Heaven won. Um, we better we better re-sign him because I don't know what's going to happen if he plays somewhere else. Um, shout out to my mate, my new mate Darren. You know, I said last week. Um, I don't like taking public transport. Some strangers talk to me. It was a good thing. Um, you know, met up with him. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he says he's a big fan of the pod. Or obviously, the pods, I'm sorry, yeah. sorry to throw some shade here, Darren. But obviously, you don't listen to the pod because you were talking to Birdie, and he said not to talk to you, not to talk to him. So, I no, no, he's... but he started uh, talking yeah, to Birdie before he knew he was Birdie. Ah, yes, of course. Yeah, so he was, yeah. Yeah, exactly. on your dad's. Um, so from now on, I gotta start pay attention. You know, when someone says Birdie, it's it's me. <laughs> and, um, yeah, uh, he's, yeah, so looking forward to... Of course, I think he's a season ticket member, but um, yeah, so looking forward to the next game, and yeah. Um, next time, don't hit my hand that hard, man. I've got a sore hand from the high fives because we kept scoring all those tries, mate. <laughs> Nine to one, boys. Uh, um, <laughs> and Ham? Uh, yeah, on Twitter, as always, at Georgia Mac. No, uh, at Ham Sandwich 22. <laughs> don't go to Georgia Mac. I'm pretty sure it's a... Uh, that tiger supporter Birdie loves and wants to wants to date. Stupid. <laughs> stupid, stupid. stupid <laughs> That's me. I'm done. I'm so tired. I want to go watch the game again. Yeah, I'll have to get it up on the big screen out in the lounge room. <laughs> Working from home tomorrow, thankfully. Oh, there you go. 
and also at Parapodcast and forward slash Parapodcast, reveling in that first growing, first, sorry, I can't even speak, can't speak, at Parramatta. Um, and as I said, not every game's going to be that easy, but what a way. And the anticipation, the build-up, and just the nerves. And I have to say, like, I've, I've probably done a little bit more than you guys. I don't, I don't know about our ages, but you know what? I've been married and had a child, and this is right up there with those sorts of memories. <laughs> Not not going to say it's better than them, even though the the right child the child Top and the five. wife uh, don't listen to the podcast. But <laughs> and um, hopefully we'll be back here, as I said again next week to uh, review another Eels win. Cheers. Cheers later. Have a good one. Go the Eels. See you guys. Have a good one. And and forty forty will play us out with the the play of the game, which I assume is going to be Moses. Hear him shout it, para of the game, para. Gutless it now, here again, takes the tap, gives it to Moses, Moses beats one, beats another, into the backfield, in by coming across, 30 to go, 20 to go, 10 to go, goodbye, Mitchell Moses scores the first try at Bank West Stadium, (laughs) it was Gutho, it was Moses, it was a foot race, and it's Parramatta who gets the first Cheers later. Have a good one. Go the eels. When the eels are flying, they're electrifying. Nobody gonna stop us when we hear the crowd roar. Hear them shout it. Para. Para. Oh, shit. Come on, para to win.